This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Tuesday, January 29th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Softening the next shutdown. Farm payments up sharply. WTO, China, feud. Nominees take USDA jobs. Chairman looks to keep FSA's lights on. House Agriculture Chairman Colin Peters is looking at doing something legislatively to ensure that Farm Service Agency offices stay open if there's another government shutdown. Peterson says FSA offices ought to be allowed to remain open to administer programs that are mandated under the Farm Bill. Local offices of the Natural Resources Conservation Service remained in operation during the five-week shutdown using funding and mandatory conservation programs. FSA offices, by contrast, were closed for the most of the shutdown, although some reopened January 17th for limited purposes, and the rest were reopened last Thursday. Peterson said on the Adams on Agriculture radio show that it was hard to explain to farmers why their local NRCS office was open, but the FSA office wasn't. Peterson said we're going to take a look at this. FY19 funding bills in the mix with border talks. The negotiators assigned to work out a deal on border security spending want to include in their agreement a set of compromise spending bills for USDA and other departments and agencies that still don't have their fiscal 19 funding, according to Senate Appropriations Chair Richard Shelby of Alabama. Those bills, which also fund EPA and the Interior Department, were negotiated last year but were never enacted. CBO Farm payments skyrocket. Government payments to farmers are on track to top levels last seen 13 to 14 years ago. According to the Congressional Budget Office, commodity payments are currently expected to reach $17.2 billion for this fiscal year due to the $9.8 billion in trade assistance producers are expected to receive. That would be the highest level of government payments since 2006 when payments totaled $18.2 billion and 2005 at $18.8 billion. And take note, CBO's FY19 forecast doesn't include an additional $3 billion in agriculture disaster aid Congress is currently considering. By the way, the analysis confirmed CBO's earlier predictions that corn and soybean farmers could switch en masse to the price loss coverage. However, Pat Westhoff, who directs the Food and Agriculture Policy Research Institute at the University of Missouri, said the shift CBO is projecting is even more dramatic than he was expecting. CBO expects 85% of the corn base acres and 64% of the soybean base to be enrolled in PLC this year. The vast majority of corn and soybean base has been enrolled in the agriculture risk coverage. A decline in SNAP is expected to continue. CBO projects SNAP participation to fall to 38.3 million this year and eventually 32.1 million by 2029 or about 9% of the population. That's a level of demand for SNAP that hasn't been seen since the last recession. About 38.6 million people were enrolled in SNAP in September, the last month for which data is available. An average SNAP enrollment peaked at 47.6 million in 2013. U.S. rails against China in WTO dispute. U.S. and Chinese representatives continue to clash in Geneva at the World Trade Organization, where China has now been assigned a dispute panel to weigh the country's demands at the U.S. lift tariffs on billions of dollars worth of Chinese goods. 
The U.S. argued in Geneva that the tariffs, which sparked Chinese import taxes on virtually all American farm exports, are warranted in order to punish China's policy of forcing U.S. companies to give up intellectual property. The renewed U.S. claims that China employs grossly unfair and trade-distorting forced technology transfer policies come as both countries prepare to sit down at the negotiating table this week in Washington. Perhaps further complicating the talks that start tomorrow, Acting Attorney General Matthew Whitaker announced felony charges yesterday against Chinese telecom giant Huawei for violating U.S. trade sanctions and stealing technology from T-Mobile. Ag groups speak out on U.K. trade pact. Farm and food industry groups will be telling officials with the U.S. trade representative today what should be in trade agreements with the United Kingdom. The National Pork Producers Council, the U.S. Grains Council, National Milk Producers Federation, U.S. Dairy Export Council, and International Dairy Foods Association will all be represented in the hearing that's expected to run all day. The U.K. is slated to exit the European Union by March 29th, but the process is currently in turmoil after Parliament recently rejected Prime Minister Theresa May's soft Brexit plan that would have kept European tariff and non-tariff barriers in place. Consumer confusion or industry censorship. The comments flowed into the Food and Drug Administration yesterday on whether liquids made from plants such as soy or almonds should be legally allowed to be called milk. Milk producers, as they have for years, argued the labeling of plant-based products as milk confuses consumers. Relying on surveys, the National Milk Producers Federation said that 77% of buyers of dairy and plant-based beverages think almond-based drinks have as much or more protein than dairy, when in fact, real milk has as much as eight times more protein. NMPF added, Medical reports of protein malnutrition and vitamin D deficiency in children have been linked to plant-based beverage consumption. But the Good Food Institute, in a blog summarizing some of its comments, said FDA, quote, does not exist to censor one industry to protect another from competition and said that different types of cow's milk have different nutritional profiles. GFI, which promotes plant-based products, also said the nutritional profile of fat-free cow's milk is much different from full-fat cow's milk, or both of which differ from chocolate milk. It's absurd to try to limit the word milk to products with a certain nutritional profile. Nominees installed at USDA while they wait. Three USDA nominees who didn't get Senate votes before the end of the last Congress are being appointed to the second-level positions in the department while they wait for confirmation. The nominations were recently resubmitted to the Senate for consideration. Mindy Brashers, the nominee to be Undersecretary for Food Safety, will be serving as Deputy Undersecretary while she waits for the Senate vote. Scott Hutchins will be Deputy Undersecretary for Research, Education, and Economics, and Naomi Earp will serve as Deputy Assistant Secretary for Civil Rights. In announcing the appointments, Agriculture Secretary Sonny Bernou noted the delay in the confirmation had forced the nominees to put their professional lives on hold. So what's next? Well, the Senate Agriculture Chair Pat Roberts wants to accelerate confirmation of the trio by getting Democrats to let him skip having another committee hearing and vote. Here's today's He Said It. Hopefully people will not be dumb enough to do that again. There's no good outcome. Nobody ends up winning that. 
House Agriculture Chairman Colin Peterson of Minnesota on the possibility of another government shutdown next month. Well, that's Daybreak for this Tuesday, January 29th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by the United Soybean Board. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Daly.